are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah. I show up every week to talk about all things bookish and to tell you about one fiction, one nonfiction, and one children's book selection written by and for Christians. Let's dive in. This is episode one, and I really appreciate you being here. I'm really happy that you are here, and I am really happy to be here. Because I have had this podcast in my heart and in my mind for over a year now. And so it just feels really good to actually be hitting record and putting it out into the world. So here we go. I am going to tell you this week about one historical fiction book I love. A nonfiction book that seriously changed my life. And the children's devotional that my whole family adores. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this podcast and what you can expect. And take a few seconds to talk to you about NaNoWriMo. The Christian Bookworm is a non-denominational podcast. This is not a place for politics or judgment or shame or condemnation. This is a happy place where all are welcome. Wherever you are in your faith journey, whatever walk of life you're coming here from, this is a place for you to rest and relax and I sure hope find your next new favorite book. I will talk about other things on the show, but mostly book-related things. And for the most part, I am here to give you book recommendations. So every week I will come on and tell you about one fiction, one nonfiction, and one children's book selection written by and for Christians. These will usually be books put out into the world by Christian publishing houses, but not always. And because I am just one person and I cannot have read all the books... I will also occasionally bring on a guest to bring you a wider range of genres and topics that my reading habits may not always encounter. Still, I consider myself to be fairly well-read. I read fiction and nonfiction about equally. My favorite fiction is character-driven contemporary fiction that still has a decent plot and that explores relationships and family dynamics and personal growth struggles. But I also enjoy reading historical fiction, especially with the ever-popular time-slip trope, and I, I like a good suspense. And then I will also once in a while read something more sci-fi or fantasy or contemporary romance-themed. Uh, for nonfiction, I kind of read a little bit of everything. Bible studies, devotionals, theology, memoir, apologetics, spiritual growth, Christian living... You name it. Um, I like books about history accounts and marriage, motherhood, homeschool, writing, business, finance, real estate, health, um, lots of weird science topics, kind of all over the place with my nonfiction. So hopefully if you're a nonfiction reader, I've got you covered as well. As for children's books, I've got a pretty broad range under my belt there, too. I am a homeschooling mom of four, so I've been reading picture books and board books for the last seven years. And just in the last few years, I also moved into easy readers and early chapter books with my oldest, my son, who is seven. But I like to stay ahead of him, so I've also read all kinds of middle grade and young adult children's books as well. You can find links to all the books I talk about and 
all the other goodies I talk about for this and every episode at my long and obnoxious show notes page. I really want to encourage you to type it in this one time and then bookmark it, save it to your favorites so you don't have to type it in again. This page is www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. I apologize for that mouthful. The author SK Bell has an S for Sarah. Then that backslash leads us to a letter P for page. And show notes is all one word. So again, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. And last but not least here, before we get started, I want to talk to you about NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo is short for National Novel Writing Month, which is every November. Every November, writers and would-be writers from around the globe sign up for free and commit to writing the first 50,000 words of a novel or whatever writing project suits them. For some people, it's a book of essays or poetry. For some people, it's middle grade fiction. For some people, it is nonfiction. Whatever you feel like writing, if you're a bookworm, you probably at least once in your life have thought about writing a book of your own, and maybe November is the time for you to do that. So if you decide you'd like to take the plunge this year, and I encourage everyone to take the plunge at least once, you can sign up for yourself at www.nanorimo.org. That's N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O dot org. National Novel Writing Month. I'm a little busy this year between my usual busyness in life as a homeschooling mom of four and a newbie homesteader and a wife and a writer and now a podcaster, but I'm going to give it a try this year too. So if you decide to join, I'd like you to check me out. Let's become friends on the site. NaNoWriMo.org slash participants slash author SK Bell. I am very ready to talk about books, and I imagine you are too. So let's dive right in after this quick message. Our very first fiction pick is Whose Waves These Are by Amanda Dykes. This is an INSPI award winner put out by Bethany House in 2019. They sent me a free copy to review on my blog, and it pretty quickly became one of my very favorite Christian fiction novels. Um, And it's still pretty high up on my list for overall favorite books. Um, Even when I was flipping through it to prepare for this show, I found myself getting caught up in little snippets here and there and just feeling so excited to read it again at some point soon. Um, This is a historical fiction time slip. Um, I should say a World War II time slip um, set in a little place called Ansel by the Sea, Maine. So I did love the story and the characters, but I also really loved the setting in this book. I have never been to Maine, but I felt like I had been there after reading it. I could feel the sea salt spray on my face. I could feel waves gently rocking underneath a boat. I could imagine myself under the stormy skies and walking on the dock and walking to the little place in town where everybody meets up to have a cup of coffee before they start their day. 
And so it was really surprising to me um, to find myself after reading such an atmospheric book to hear the author talking in an interview with Sarah McKenzie on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, which I will link to in the show notes, um, saying that she had never been to Maine either. So Amanda Dykes apparently just used picture books set in and about Maine to kind of set the scene for herself as she was writing this story. So again, I've never been to Maine, but I've seen movies and pictures and read books, and I feel like she did an amazing job. So if you have been to Maine and read this book, I would love for you to tell me what you think about the setting, because I was blown away by that little tidbit. But like any good historical fiction time slip, we have two main characters, although sometimes there are three, but we have Robert and Annie. And Robert is a young man. Um, We see him in the 1940s as a young man, and we see him as an older man in 2001. Um, After World War II, he has suffered a loss, and he is grieving, and he writes a poem, which he submits to a local paper, saying to send him a rock if you have lost someone, and he will use that rock to build something life-giving with it. Well, that poem somehow goes viral, if you will. It is sent to papers all over the nation. It's picked up by big papers, and before he knows it, he has more rocks than he could ever possibly have imagined. Fast forward to now, and he's in need of some help. So Annie, the anthropologist he helped raise for a short time, has come to Ansel by the Sea to help him. She is finding those uh, stone ruins and can't help but want to dig in and find out why they are there and what they are and why they weren't finished and what's going on with all of this. So this leads to her uncovering some family past secrets and mending some old relationships and doing a little exploration of herself as well. And I love all of that in a book. I love family dynamics, relationship dynamics, and self-exploration. And I just find all of that to be so powerful and so fascinating. And I just think it's so well done in this particular book. Um, I'm always hesitant to say that a book has beautiful writing because I have learned that a lot of people are turned off by that. And I tried really hard to find a better way to describe it, but there isn't a better way because it is beautiful writing. So I will say that it's not stuffy. It's not too stuffy or um, trying to be the next classic and, you know, you're, you're not going to get that vibe from it, but you're going to be blown away by the pictures she paints with her words. She does a really great job. Um, and apparently she teaches English, so I shouldn't be completely surprised Um, I just had trouble with this book trying to decide if I wanted to read it really slowly and savor it or hurry up and get to the end so I could see how it all played out. Um, And I cried during chapter two, which is kind of rare. So I knew it was going to be a good book. I even messaged the author to say so, and I was right. It was a great book. Um, I also have added it to my list for potential reads for my kids as teenagers, even though it is definitely written for and marketed to adults. 
because we have Annie is a younger woman and we see Robert in his teen years and late teen years, I should add, um, it just felt, it felt like something that I would have enjoyed as a teenager just fine. And it's something that I would have no problem handing to my kids in their teen years. So that might be something to consider if you have any teens in your life who struggle to find decent, wholesome books for people their age. Definitely check out Whose Waves These Are by Amanda Dykes. For my nonfiction fans, I want to tell you about the book that completely changed my life. If you follow me on social media at all, you know that I went through a really transformative healing journey and I am now really passionate about encouraging others on their own healing journeys. I can't heal you. I can't do that for you. But I can encourage you. And I can hopefully point you towards some resources that will also inspire you. And this is definitely one of them. This was the first domino in a nice long chain of dominoes that really set everything off. This book was my catalyst between the me before and the happy, spiritually free me now. This is Breaking Free by Beth Moore. This book is available kind of in two formats. There is a Bible study version and a reader-friendly edition. And I truthfully haven't really looked at the Bible study version. I went through the reader-friendly edition, which I read with my husband's cousin, and there are discussion questions in the back, and we read it on our own and then talked about it over the phone each week. And I really can't express to you enough how wonderful this book was for me, and I think it did a lot of good for her, too. It was published by B&H in the year 2000, which seems so hard to believe because it just felt so very current. Um, this is just an amazing spiritual growth book that will help you deal with strongholds and vices, help you with the bad habits you want to break, the generational sin and generational trauma patterns you see throughout your family history. This book will help you as you're trying to make sense of and recover from childhood pain and regrets from your past and just general negative thoughts. Um, just a brief little introduction to my story is that my main problem was just self-loathing. Um, I just had years and years of negativity toward myself just spiraling around in my mind um, and because of that, it led me to some self-harm and some eating disorders. And along with those, I dealt with anxiety and depression. And I really do feel basically completely free from all of that now. Um, my body is still recovering from those years and years of eating disorder abuse. And so definitely I still struggle a little bit here and there with some issues that pertain to that, but as far as my mindset goes, I was always kind of low-level suffering. Even when I was happy, there was this kind of undercurrent of sadness following me around. Lots of guilt and shame and remorse and regret and kind of grief. Always kind of grieving for what could have been and wasn't. And I just don't feel any of that now. I just really do feel true emotional freedom through Christ. And I feel 
peace and I feel joy. And when I feel joy now, it's joy with more joy underneath instead of joy with sadness underneath. I really, really wish that I could just hand this book to every person and that I could encourage every person to read it. So if you feel like you're in the place today where you are actually ready to take that step and start pulling yourself out of that pit, then this is definitely an amazing place to start. Breaking Free by Beth Moore. And again, I really recommend the reader-friendly edition. Our children's selection this week is a devotional, and it is one my whole family loves. It is one that only has 46 devotions in it, but we have been reading it since 2018. We just kind of will we'll read a few in, in a row, and then maybe we'll take a few days off and read something different. And then we'll read a few, and then we take a few days off, and we just haven't really stopped reading it. Every time we finish it, we pick it back up and start over. And all of my kids love it, and my son truthfully just said to me again a few days ago, Mom, I just really love this book, and I agree. So this one is Love Does for Kids by Bob Goff with his daughter Lindsay Goff Vidusich, I think that's how you say that, um, and the illustrations are by Michael Loritano. So this is published by Tommy Nelson in 2018. They sent a copy to me to review on my blog, and I am so glad they did because this is definitely not an exaggeration to say it's one of our family favorites. I love his writing style, and I really do feel like Bob Goff is truly the hands and feet of Jesus. He really embodies that saying. Um, I am not always a very hands-on person. I have no problem being there for you. I have no problem listening to you. But it's not always my gift to be hands-on and to show love through acts of service or to know what to do to... Um, be the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is his gift. And so on top of getting to be inspired by the stories, I also feel like I learned a lot. And I can see my children embodying some of the things they've learned from this devotional too. Something you might find interesting though is that this is not your typical devotional in that I don't believe there is a single Bible verse in this book. Um, Bob Goff has said in his grown-up writing, that he chooses not to preach in that way because he recognizes that sometimes scripture is actually what is off-putting to someone who is new to the message. And um, I happen to agree with that. And I really like it that he is still so powerfully able to point you in the direction of Jesus um, without actually quoting the Bible. So some of you might be a little nervous about that, but I would encourage you to check it out anyway because I think you will still really enjoy this book. I would also like to add that I have the paper version, and a friend of mine listened to it with her children as an audiobook, and they all loved the audiobook version just as much. So again, that is Love Does for Kids by Bob Goff and Lindsay Goff Vidusich. That's our show for today, Bookworms, and I hope you enjoyed it. 
you can find those links again to all the books we talked about and anything else I talked about at that horribly long show notes page. Don't forget to save it to your favorites or bookmark it so you don't have to type it in again. It's www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. You can also find me online at authorskbell.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash authorskbell. And you can also find me under the handle authorskbell on Instagram and Twitter. I pray for you. I have been praying for you since before I started this podcast. And I will continue to pray for you, for my current listeners, for my future listeners, for all of you. So I hope you'll carry that with you this week, and I hope you will also carry with you the idea that you are not your past. You are not the things that have happened to you. You are not the things that you have done. His mercies are new every morning, and so are you. So you can lay down all those things that you've been carrying around, all the guilt or the shame or the remorse or the regret or the fear or the sorrow. You can lay that all down, and you can start fresh and I hope you have a really great day today, and I hope at some point that involves you curling up with a good book. See you next week. Bye.